0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see everybody here today. One of the highlights of my week is Sundays about 10.30. Just to come in here and worship with all of you. Got a little limp today. I was watching Usain Bolt the other night when I was on the elliptical. And so, um, I'm not Usain. I was more like Insane. Some of the stouts, so I tweaked a little calf muscle. There's some a little gimpy here this morning. Well, now welcome all of you. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up, like Shelley said, we're going to start a series here on what's next. And many times we get born again, we give our hearts to Jesus, and we've been coming off the series about heaven, and that that's a place where we will all end up at one time. But I'm still here on earth, so what do I do while I'm here on earth? The Lord wants us to become disciples of Christ, and the word disciple literally means a student or a follower. And so the Lord wants us all to become students and followers, and in our our children's ministry, they give your kids four simple things to live by. Number one, as a disciple, I must learn to get into the Bible. You've got to get into the Word of God, okay? You get in the Word, and the Word will get into you. You feed your faith, and you starve your doubts. The second thing is, we're all called to pray. Not just for ourselves, but we're called to pray for other people. And then third, it shifts gears a little bit. We're to love God. Love the Lord thy God with all the heart and all the soul and all the might. And we're learning to love people. Now, the last one can be very challenging. Before I gave my heart to, to the Lord, I could have cared less about people because you become so selfish, but... When you give your heart to Jesus, something begins to change in you. So the upcoming weeks, we're going to begin to look at, at different ways that a disciple is supposed to live. We're not only to follow Jesus. Actually, we are to become his representative here on, on this earth. Go with me to, to Mark chapter 4. If you need a Bible, get your hand up Our ushers will get you one. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start in Mark chapter 4. And then I want you to hold your place there. And I want you to, to then go to Matthew 7 and i'm going to go there back and forth real quick to start with just to show you some things so we begin this morning in mark chapter 4 verse 35 on the same day when evening had come jesus said to them to his disciples let us cross over to the other side now when they had the multitude now when they had left the multitude they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him and a great windstorm arose And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now, when you begin to see this passage here, it's very clear that this is a big storm. It's such a big storm, the boat is beginning to fill. Now, if the boat is beginning to fill, man, you realize, we better do a couple of We better get the life jackets or we better start bailing. But what I want you to see right here, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, You're never exempt from the storms of life. In other words, every one of us in this room are going to go through the storms of life. Now, if you look at this this verse right here, the first three verses we read, the disciples weren't exempt from a storm, and even the Lord Jesus wasn't exempt from the storm. He was in it. Now, hold your place right there, and go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 7, and then we're going to jump right back to to Mark 4. In Matthew 7, where we're going to begin to read here, it's talking about believers. And as believers, every one of us in this room will fit in one of these two categories, okay? Now, you're going to have to put yourself in there and see where you're at right now. Doesn't mean you'll always be there. Verse number 24 of Matthew 7. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The New Living says, those who listen to my teaching and follow it, it will be the wise. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now in that passage right here, the Lord Jesus said, the ones who hear the word, every one of you in this room right now, you'll hear the word today. But he said, the one who is wise and the one who builds his house on the rock is not only the ones who hear the word of God, But actually, it's the one who does them, obeys them. Now, as we begin to read this, watch how close the similarities are between the two different ones here. Verse 25. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So he's telling me here, even ones that believe the word of God and and obey the word of God, they're not exempt from storms. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. The similarities we see here is both of them build, both of them hear, both of them go through very similar circumstances in life. And the difference in their lives here isn't caused by ignorance, but the difference is one ignores to do what the Lord said. And so to become a disciple of Christ, I must learn to obey the Word of God. Not only listen to the Word of God and live my life by the standards of the Word of God, but I got to begin to obey the Word of God. Now, externally, their lives were very similar. But lasting structural differences are only found in the storms of life. What am I telling you right here? The storms we go through in this life will locate you. How many of you right now, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you right now are going through a storm? How many of us have been through storms? Every one of us. And so after church here, if you were to go home and watch the Weather Channel and the meteorologist on there, he gave the forecast and he said, Sunday there's a 10% chance of rain, Monday 15%, Tuesday zero, Wednesday and so on. The possibility of a human being going through the storms of life, certain. Certain. Every one of us in this room are going to go through things in our life And when I go through those things in this life, you're going to find out what you're really built on. The wise, you're built on the Word of God. You're a rock. The foolish, he said, they hear the Word, but they don't obey it. And they're like a sand. And he said, great was its fall. Now back to the book of Mark, chapter number 4, where we ended up a minute ago. And let me pick back up in verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Jesus is snoozing. And they awoke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So, looking at this here, many of his disciples were fishermen. They had grown up on the sea. They had been in waves and storms, and this one was so bad that not only do they feel like or see that the boat is filling up, but they accused the Lord of not caring, and they were on the verge of dying. So what I want you to see here a couple points off of verse 38. The storms are going to come to your life even when Jesus is in your boat. I don't care who you are. Even when Jesus is in your boat, the storms are going to come. So oftentimes, you may have been told this, when you get born again, life is smooth sailing from then on out. Whoever told you that? They were extremely deceived, okay? It isn't smooth sailing. The only difference is this. When Jesus is in your boat in the midst of the storm, you're going to make it through. You're going to get through it. you know even King David said in Psalm 23? He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff uh, comfort me and protect me. So Jesus, or the, the, the uh, man of God, David, said, Yea, I walk through it. He was even going through storms. It didn't say he walked around it. It didn't say that God built this big overpass and he went right. No, it said he went through it. So again, me and you are going to go through these things. But again, the difference is when Jesus is in your boat, you'll make it to the other side. We read here again in verse 38, and I want to highlight things, but Jesus was in the stern asleep on the pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I believe every one of us are in this passage right here, that verse. That at times in our life, When it gets very difficult, we've either said it or we've thought it. Lord, do you not care? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening in my life? And see, all this was, guys, was an assumption. They assumed that Jesus didn't care. But understand this, a disciple of Christ one that has followed Jesus and learned from his teachings, we understand his character and his integrity. Understand this about the Lord. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And when he said that, he meant it. He means every bit of that. So part of growing up with the things of God is begin to understand, i got to know who he is i got to know His integrity. i got to get to the place in my life where I can believe whatever the Lord says. Verse number 39. Then Jesus arose and He rebuked the wind. How did He do that? And He said or He spoke to the sea. He spoke to the storm. You know, Mark eleven twenty-three 23 says, Whosoever will say unto the mountain... So again, in the storms of my life, I've got to begin to talk to them. What do I tell them? I tell them what the Word of God says. I tell them what Jesus said. Now, he goes on to say, and he speaks to the sea, and he says, peace be still. The word peace there in the Greek literally means hush. So Jesus says to the sea, right in the midst of the storm, he says, hush. Verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So Jesus right here, he contrasts fear with faith. And he also says or equates fear with having no faith. So when you look at what he's telling us that in the storm of life, and this is me and you, we're either going to lean toward fear or we're going to lean toward faith. How do I know the difference? When I'm in fear, I begin to talk about the problems. I tell everybody, I think about it, talk about it, talk about it, think about it, think about it, talk about it. I just over and over become where I'm consumed with the problem. I'm consumed with the fear to the point of my life. It consumes me or it even paralyzes me. But when I'm over in faith, you know what I start saying? I start telling everybody how big God is. And I remind myself how great thou art, that he's an awesome God, that he's a good, good father. He's a God that cannot lie. He's the God who doesn't change. And so every one of us, when we go through these fear, or these storms, I'm going to have the opportunity to get over into fear. I'm going to get over into faith. Now, it's interesting in this passage that when they awake Jesus, they never ask him to do anything. All they did was falsely accuse him. And Jesus, when they wake him up in the natural, you would think, they inconvenienced him, they woke him up, but you know what? He didn't bother him a bit. He loved the opportunity when people ask him to move in their lives. You're not bothering him. This is where we got to get to. So we begin to look at this, and I begin to thank all this when you put it together. Why was Jesus able to go to sleep in the pill on his pillow in the midst of the storm when everybody else is freaking out? There's an answer. Look back at verse 35, and I want you to get this. Watch this real close. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, "Let us cross over to the other side." Let us cross over to the other side. So before they ever even left, Jesus told them what was going to happen. Now, he tells us what's going to happen in the Word of God too. So even when he said this, do I believe it or not? And so Jesus is looking at him and say, boys, I'm going to take a nap. Why? We're going to go over to the other side. Now, when I look at this, I, I think in reading into it, Do you think Jesus knew they were going to get into a storm before they ever left? I believe he knew. I believe he knew that was a a strong possibility. So why didn't he look at Him and say, Fellas, I believe the best thing we can do tonight is camp on this side of the lake and then go over in the morning. So why did Jesus take them out there like that? I believe every one of us in this room that are disciples of Christ, God wants to do great things in your life and my life but he can never do them until we overcome certain fears in our life. The only way I find out what's really in me is in the storms of life. So when you're going through this storm right now, hang on to it. Hang on to the things of God. Hang on to his promises. Say, Father God, I'm going to trust. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. I was around a guy years ago, and we were in a certain situation in our life, and I had asked him to pray, and he prayed, and he, he loosed the things of God, and then you know what he did? He said, see you later, I'm going home and going to bed. And I was like, wait a minute, you can't do that. Do you realize the situation we're in? You know why he was able to do that? Because he had already prayed, and he had turned it over to God. If you're up at night, and you're not sleeping well, you got a disease called worry. And any time I worry, it locates me. Because if you've turned it over to God and you're trusting God, you'll sleep well at night. I can tell you, there's been times in my life I didn't sleep well at night. It wasn't that many years ago. I went through an incredible battle. I was up and I was complaining. And and after a couple days of my belly aching, of my whining, of my bed wetting, what i like to call a, a complainer just about a bedwetter my wife looked at me and she said you need to get back into faith now sometimes when you have people say that to us it really irritated me i want to stomp my feet and say you get back into faith but you know what i realized she was right and I got in there and I begin to say, Father God, I repent for belly aching. You know what belly aching is? It's basically over in fear or it's saying to God, "You can't do what you said you'll do." And I begin to, to to talk to God about who He was. See, when your mind gets flooded with things and negatives, you'll either talk about it, think about it, talk about it, or you'll begin to talk about the things of God. And I remember I begin to talk about the things of God. I begin to worship Him. I begin to praise Him. Right there in the middle of the storm. And I could literally see my faith rise. I could feel it. I could sense it. And so the reason Jesus could go to sleep that night, He knew what would occur. He knew what was going to happen. See, when God tells us in His Word the things that He wants to do, He's going to do it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now go with me to the book of First Chronicles chapter 5. First Chronicles chapter 5. You know, in Genesis 1, God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is Pastor at 12 noon. He said, let there be air conditioning, and there needs to be air conditioning. I know, I'm telling you guys, we're up and down. Some of you are burning up. Let there be air conditioning, please. Thank you, men. I knew you'd be for me. All the women are grabbing for blankets. Let me tell you what's going on here in 1 Chronicles. If you were to read the first nine books of First Chronicles, they're the genealogies of these people in the Bible. The genealogies is your family tree or your bloodline. It would say stuff like this, and Jack begot Jim, and Jim begot John, and John begot David, and David begot Sam, and Sam on and on, and I begot tired, and I shut up and fell asleep. So what happens with most of these, we skip right over them. You look, and, and the reason I use those modern-day names is because in the Old Testament, they have crazy names. But in a couple passages in First Chronicles, you find things in there, these little three and four verse nuggets. In First Chronicles 4 verse 10, there was a man named Jabez, and that's where the prayer of Jabez is found. And he says, that, Lord, you would bless me indeed. You would enlarge my territory. Your hand would be upon me. You keep me from evil, and I cause no pain. An incredible prayer, an incredible passage. But tucked right here in First Chronicles 5, begin with me in verse 17. Watch this. This is an incredible passage. All these were registered by the genealogies in the day of Jotham, king of Judah, and then in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. The sons of Reuben, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh had 44,760 valiant men. 44,760 capable warriors. Men who were able to bear shield, sword, to shoot with the bow, and skillful in war who went to war. Now, this tells me right here that these guys were not only skillful for war, they were trained for war. Verse 19. They made war with the Hagrites, Jatur, Naphish, and Nodab, And they were helped against them, and the Hagrites were delivered into their hand, and all who were with them. Now, it's very clear right here. They were helped, and these Hagrites were delivered to them. Was it because of their great instincts? Because of their great skills? Because they knew how to fight? Watch what this says right here. For they cried out to God... In the battle, they inquired of God right there in the battle. Now, oftentimes, when me and you are in a battle or a storm, if we're not careful, we, we lean onto our abilities, we lean onto our instincts, and we may not say this, but we think this I got this, God. I got this. I got it right up here in the kidneys. I got it. I got it, God. And so they inquired of the Lord. Now watch this. He heeded their prayer. He heard their prayer. See, when God heeds your prayer, it's because you called out to him. You inquired of him. It says they heeded their prayer because they put their trust in him. Now remember, these guys were blessed with great skills and great talents. But in the midst of the battle, they prayed and they sought God. And again, your talents, your abilities, your skills, God wants you to use them for Him. But those talents and their skills should never cause me to lose my dependence on God. Ever. I don't care how tough, how smart, how honory you are. I got to continue to look to God because they put their trust in Him. Verse 21. Then they took away their livestock, 50,000 of their camels, 250,000 of their sheep, 2,000 of their donkeys, also 100,000 of their men. i telling you guys, they were blessed. Verse 22, for many fell dead because the war was God's. When we allow God to be part of our battles, our wars, and God rises up. He moves in our life. Now I didn't say this in the first service, but just in reading back in verse eighteen, it said only the tribe or half of the tribe of Manasseh showed up. Only half of them, and so I begin to think, well, where was the other half? I found it down here in verse uh, verse twenty four and twenty five. It says in verse twenty four. These were the heads of the fathers of the house, and they list a bunch of these guys, and I'm not going to try to pronounce them. They were mighty men of valor. They were famous men. They were the heads of their fathers' houses. This was the other half. They were mighty men of valor. They were famous, but watch what happens. And they were unfaithful to the God of their fathers. You know what I believe begins to happen as human beings? We begin to have success in areas of our lives No matter if it's in battles, no matter if it's in occupations, we become famous. And guess what? We get to the place in our life where we think, I don't need God. You need God. I don't care where you're at in life. We need God. And so when you read here what he says, there's got to be an unwavering trust within me. That in the battles of life, I begin to call out to God. You know, in in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayers and supplications, make your requests be made known to God. That ought to be my heart. In everything, in everything I do. Now, I got one more passage I want to take you to, the 20th Psalm. The 20th Psalm, and in this passage, it's cross-referenced from where we just read. This is a, a, a passage of King David here, and I'm going to begin in, in Psalm 20. Verse 1, once I get there. Listen real close to this. Man, if you got a pen, I'd start marking this stuff and let this get on the inside you. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Why would he answer you? Because you've called out to him. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. He's a defender to those who call upon him. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. He's a strengthener. May he remember all your offering except your burnt sacrifice. Selah. You know what the word selah there means? Stop and think. May He grant you, according to your heart's desire, and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. Now, may the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves His anointed. Help is coming. He will answer Him from His holy heaven with the saving strength of His right hand, There's going to be a supernatural intervention. Watch this in verse 7. Some trust or boast in chariots, and some boast or trust in horses. In the midst of battle, that was some of them's boast. They were boasting, saying, We got the best chariots, we got the best horses. But watch what this says. But we will remember or boast the name of the Lord our God. And when you look at this, the Israelites had a more arsenal weapon, it was the name of the Lord. Let me interpret that for you in the New Testament. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it said, God bestowed the name above every name on the Lord Jesus. Jesus' name is above every name. In heaven, on earth, and in hell. It's a lot better than Visa, I'm telling you. The name of the Lord. Colossians 3, verse 17 says, All you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus. As a disciple of Christ, I get to a place in my life, I don't care what's going on, I'm going to call on the Lord. In the midst of a storm, I'm going to call on the Lord. When life gets real difficult, I'm going to remind myself of who God is. Do you know in, in Romans 8 verse 37... He says, yet in all these things, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Romans 10, 17 says, call upon the Lord for salvation. And that is true. In order to be saved, I call upon the name of the Lord. But I believe as a believer in Christ, every time I'm in situations, I start crying out to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I need your help. I welcome your help. I welcome your wisdom. You know, the Lord said in James 1, He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. I think the problem is, we quit asking. We quit doing things in the name of the Lord. So no matter where you're at today, God's got a plan. And again, this is the thought. If Jesus is in your boat, you'll get to the other side. You may not always know how it's going to happen, what it's going to look like, but all i got to do is i got to trust Jesus. See, too many times we, we want to know how it's all going to happen. And at times God doesn't just lay everything out and say, okay, what you got to do is drive to mile marker 103 and make a right. And God doesn't put in the stars up in the sky and say, go left, stupid. God doesn't do those things. But as long as I begin to trust Him and I begin to follow Him and say, Lord, with all my heart, I look to You. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll order your steps. See, God wants to help us. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.